0: An unfortunate side effect of Doctor Who's age and premise is that a staggering number of characters and storylines have been dropped throughout its run. The show has been on the air for well over 50 years and has played host to dozens and dozens of writers and directors in that time, with each of these creative minds bringing some fresh ideas and concepts to the table. Unfortunately, not everything is solid gold, and the majority of these don't become mainstays. While some of these plot points may have been revisited in comics, novels, and audio dramas, the fact that Doctor Who doesn't have a clearly defined canon means that only the core show can be considered. the True, actual version of events. Bearing that in mind, then, my name is Rich, welcome to Who Culture, and these are 10 Doctor Who storylines that will never be revisited. Number 10. The Identity of Gus The main evil force in Mummy on the Orient Express is the titular Mummy, which gave its target 66 seconds to live before killing them without mercy. However, the episode also teased a bigger, behind-the-scenes bad guy called Gus, but this intriguing setup ultimately went nowhere. The episode established that Gus, basically an evil supercomputer, was responsible for unleashing the Mummy on the unfortunate passengers of the train. But when the Doctor defeats the Mummy at the end of the story, Gus blows up the train and vanishes, never to be heard from again. This left the identity and origin of Gus a total mystery. Who was behind the computer? Considering that it's been years since we last saw the character, and he was hardly an immensely popular breakout villain to begin with, it doesn't look like we'll ever get an answer to that question. We did come close though, Gus was almost included in Oxygen, an episode that aired two series later, but the idea was scrapped early on. Number 9. Madame Caverian's Whereabouts Madame Caverian was the big overarching villain of Series 6, and along with the Silence, she was responsible for turning River into a murderous psychopath as well as the Doctor's death on the shores of Lake Silencio. In the finale episode, she was killed by Amy as revenge for messing with River, which seemed to put an end to Caverian once and for all. But then the events of the finale were wiped from continuity when time was reset, meaning that Caverian and presumably some of her loyal Silence followers are still running about there in the Hooniverse, possibly plotting another evil scheme. Now, sure. Villains get abandoned all the time in Doctor Who, but Kaverian had such a raw, unbridled hatred for the Doctor that it's really hard to believe that she'd just stop. Number 8. Adam and his Alien Forehead. Adam was a short lived companion of the Ninth Doctor, first appearing in the Brilliant Dalek episode as a computer whiz, and ended up battling the titular villain with the Doctor and Rose. He then joined them for just one more trip before vanishing from the show entirely. However, he wasn't killed or erased from time or anything of the sort, he was just left behind by the Doctor. After Adam installed some alien tech inside his own forehead, he almost gave the sinister Jagrifest control of the TARDIS, which naturally didn't sit well with the Doctor, who angrily left Adam at home. Under ordinary circumstances, his lack of appearances wouldn't be really noteworthy, but the end of his last episode, Adam's forehead hole is accidentally discovered by his mother, since it's revealed with a simple click of the fingers. The point is, there is no way that Adam could live a normal life with this alien tech inside him, and the fact the Doctor just left this potential danger on Earth is actually quite weird. Adam might want revenge against the Doctor for leaving him behind, and this tech might give him the means to do it, but strangely, we never hear a peep from him again. Number 7. Tasha Lem's connection to the Doctor The fact that Tasha Lem appeared in only a single episode, The Time of the Doctor, means that there wasn't really a lot of time available to fully develop her. That's fine of course because she adequately served her purpose in the time she did get, but it does mean there are a lot of unanswered questions surrounding the character. As was the case with Adam, under normal circumstances an abandoned side character wouldn't be noteworthy in the slightest, but when we first meet Tasha it's strongly implied that she and the Doctor have had a close, possibly even romantic relationship in the past, and what's more, she can even fly the TARDIS. of her flirtatious attitude with the Doctor and her familiarity with his time machine, a lot of fans think that Tasha is a future regeneration of River Song, which would open up a whole other can of worms when it comes to the character's timeline. Even if she isn't River, it's not like a random woman would just know how to fly the TARDIS, so there's a story here somewhere we just didn't get to see. It really does feel like Moffat wanted to explore Tasha a bit more, but never got the chance to do so for whatever reason. There is even the rumour that the time with the Doctor would have been stretched out to an entire season, but that's never been confirmed. But that could have been where we could have explored more of Tasha. Yeah. Number 6. The Fate of the Great Intelligence. The Great Intelligence first appeared in a second Doctor story in 1967, but the villain was most recently seen during the 11th Doctor's era, where it was voiced by Surya McKellen and then played physically by Richard E. Grant. The entity's ultimate goal was to hijack the Doctor's timeline so it could erase all his past victories, essentially dooming the universe to a dark fate. Surprisingly for a Doctor Who villain, this plan actually succeeded when the Great Intelligence stepped into the Doctor's time stream on Transalore, allowing it to explore the Doctor's history and cherry pick the moments of glory to turn into moments of failure. However, Clara then jumped into the time stream too, rectifying all the mayhem the Great Intelligence caused, but the villain was never actually killed. What actually happened is it was torn into a million different versions of itself and scattered throughout the Doctor's timeline. Even though Clara was then able to save the Doctor, there are still technically an untold amount of Great Intelligences lurking in the Doctor's past, present and future. So what is the Great Intelligence up to right now? Like with Kaverian, there's no way that a villain who hates the Doctor so much would just lay dormant, but at the same time, it feels like the Great Intelligence simply ran its course in terms of being an interesting adversary for the Doctor to face. Peace. Number 5. The Paternoster Gang's Adventures Consisting of Strax, Jenny and Madame Vastra, the Paternoster Gang played a big role in many of the 11th Doctor's adventures and even helped out the 12th Doctor adjust to his new, radically different post-regeneration look. The three characters first appeared together in A Good Man Ghost of War, where they aided the Doctor in his mission to rescue Amy Pond and her baby daughter. Based in Victorian London, the trio were a delight to watch on screen, particularly the goofy antics of Strax, who always, somehow, managed to make things worse. The last time we saw them was in Deep Breath, which aired all way back in 2014. It's odd they haven't popped up again since, because not only were they extremely close and reliable friends of the Doctor's, but they were also more than capable of dealing with any alien threats posed against the city. This means that the gang is probably still out there, battling extraterrestrial beasts in the streets of London, a fact that has somehow never crossed the Doctor's radar over the last handful of seasons. Maybe if the show does another story set in Victorian London we'll see them once more, but then again, Series 10's Thin Ice was actually set in the 19th century and could have been engineered to include a role for the gang, but the opportunity just wasn't taken. If that doesn't scream they're not coming back, we don't know what would. Number 4. The Doctor's Daughter The Doctor's Daughter introduced audiences to Jenny, an ass-kicking soldier who was created using the Doctor's DNA. The title of the episode was a little clickbaity, since she wasn't the Doctor's offspring in the traditional sense, she was created in a machine using just a few of his cells. Origin aside, the character was a really neat addition to the Hooniverse, a direct relation of the Doctor's, who actually didn't mind using a gun. Not that she was a cold-blooded murderer or anything, but she had a much more combative spirit than the Time Lord and her fiery personality made for some interesting confrontations between the two characters. characters. But as the episode progressed, they slowly came to understand each other, so much so that Jenny ended up taking a bullet for her old man, dying in his arms. The Doctor then left, but surprise, Jenny wasn't actually dead. She sprung back to life on her deathbed, vowed to explore the universe, and jetted off in a spaceship, and the episode ended. But then we never saw her again. She did appear in a handful of comics and audio dramas, but as far as proper episodic material goes, she's been absent for over a decade. For such a sequel bait ending, that's just bizarre. Stephen Moffat and Russell D. Davies have joked that she flew into a moon and died off-screen, which tells you exactly how much the two writers cared about bringing Jenny back for another adventure. Number three, Clara and me exploring the universe. Oh goody! It's time to talk about this one. In Peter Capaldi's second series, we were introduced to Game of Thrones' Maisie Williams as a character called Ashilda. The fact that she was joining the show obviously got a lot of people hyped. So it was hugely surprising when she was killed off at the end of her first episode. But this being Doctor Who, some convenient magical device was used to bring her back to life. And when she returned, she was immortal and had adopted the name Me. In the finale, the Doctor and Clara journey to the end of the universe, where Me remained as the last being left alive. Due Due to her inability to die. After the Doctor loses his memories, Clara and me jet off in a TARDIS of their own, ready to explore all the universe has to offer. And that's the last we saw of Williams' character and the real Clara. All we can do is assume they're out there doing their thing and I just hope to god we don't see a random American diner parked somewhere because oh, I can't be doing with them coming back. Number 2 The Listen Creature Listen is one of Doctor Who's biggest Marmite episodes, in that it will either click with you or it won't. It's purposefully abstract, potentially confusing and definitely a little odd, if only for the fact that the majority of the runtime finds the Doctor going crazy trying to track down an enemy that might not even exist. This is because he's hypothesized that somewhere out there there must be a creature that is perfect at one thing, hiding. But if that were the case, how would we find such a creature? How would we know it would even exist? Fittingly, we never actually see the monster in the episode, except for one hotly debated moment in which an unidentifiable mass can be seen hiding underneath the bedsheet. This is the first and only clue we are given as to the nature of the listen creature, if one even exists to begin with. So what was underneath the sheet? Was it a silent, a popular theory among Who fans? Was it something brand new? Was it something that was pitching a tent in a big way? The creature was always meant to be an abstract force rather than a tangible, physical threat. Or to put it another way, we will never know what was under that sheet. Number 1, Queen Victoria's Werewolf Illness This is definitely one of the weirdest threads that Doctor Who has left dangling, which is saying a lot considering how bizarre this show can get. In one of David Tennant's first adventures as the Tenth Doctor, he and Rose travelled to the year 1879 where they met Queen Victoria and faced off against a hungry werewolf. You know, standard stuff. Inevitably, the Doctor managed to save the day and scare the beastie off, but not before it had a nibble on the Queenie's wrist, resulting in a cut she tried to brush off as a splinter. At the very end of the episode, the Doctor muses that Victoria would actually become a werewolf because of this, speculating that she also passed the disease on to her children, who then passed it on to theirs, and so on. He concludes that saying that, in the early 21st century, the entire royal family might actually be werewolves. Unfortunately, this intriguing idea was never explored any further, and was left as a cute little gag on the tail end of the episode, pun intended. Needless to say, the royal family turning into hairy doggies every full moon could have some pretty huge ramifications for the entire country, but the show, sadly, has yet to revisit this thread in the modern day.